back for a punt. I mean, it was 0-0, nothing was going for both teams. I saw you guys, you know, I know you guys are friendly people. I told you I needed to give you a spark, you know? So I, I made a promise with you guys and I, I, I did, you know? I think, I think our team, you know, with everyone leaving, you know, it just made everyone closer. I mean, I got sophomores calling me about their problems and, and stuff like that, and I would have never thought I'd be as close with these people as I am. And I think that's, I think that's what's going to make us go deep. Um, you know, it's obviously one week at a time, one day at a time, not one practice at a time. But I mean, I believe in this team, and, and I, I can't be. I don't even know what to say. I'm so happy. I mean, hello everybody, and welcome once again to the Meat Grinder of high school football in Connecticut and I'm your host Sean Patrick Foley and with me as always is Peter Baguaga. Peter how are you? Good Sean good good good. Week one under the belt uh, was a wild week one a lot of Kool-Aid drank uh, a lot of the wrong Kool-Aid drank uh, by us but that I mean week one is is just always so crazy and chaotic because you know we think we know a lot we do previews on every single team in the state and at the end of the day we know nothing so yeah here we are at the top of the show it's speaking of things we knew nothing about at the top of the show you heard a little bit from just kind of an unbelievable scene over at Dolling field in trouble st joseph a game that you and i both I and mean, a lot of people left for dead darianne was gonna mop st joseph oh do we have to go to this game remember a year ago we, it was the big game of the week, one versus two and all that jazz. And, uh, and Darian wiped St. Joseph out. This time, nobody gives St. Joseph a shot. And Darian goes in there, and what happens? A 14 to nothing shutout, courtesy of the St. Joseph defense. And one, our man, your guy, Brandon Hutchinson, who just, I mean, it's reached legendary stats. You heard a little bit from him and uh, his promise to the media. We were all fought. Literally, it was <laughs> Pete, me, Jeff Jacobs, Scott Erickson. And I, I don't know if Dave Rudin was there from the Rudin Report, but it was all of us sitting there falling asleep. It was just hot. It was muggy. We were just kind of falling asleep there. And all of a sudden, we hear out of nowhere. It's a, It was like early in the fourth quarter. Uh, early, early, late in the third quarter, late he's like, third, it's yeah. a defensive battle. We're all kind of turning like, who the hell said that? And he was just like, you know, defensive struggle here. And we're all like, and what did you say to him, Pete? Pete, I, on cue. <laughs> I told him to do something about it. Yeah. And uh, he did. <laughs> I mean, it was just kind of straight. You know, I've, I've known him uh, since last year. Obviously, he was on the St. Joe's football team. And he was uh, he's a very good baseball player on the St. Joe's baseball team um so i got to cover them a little bit in the spring and talk to him a little bit so i was like ah, i know the kid well enough i'll i'm gonna i'm gonna throw one i'm gonna throw it right back at him and, and see what he does and uh well <laughs> oh, wow. talk about putting your money where your mouth was he he uh immediately uh after getting they get a short field nothing's happening i mean it, like at this point if it's a safety i don't care just get me out of here and uh Hutchinson takes a 16 yard touchdown pass from uh, Will Singewald, the, the new quarterback. And then seconds later, TJ Wright with the pickoff. And then once again, your guy, my guy, Brandon Hutchinson with a 40-yard touchdown catch. 
and 14 to, to nothing. That was pretty much it. Yet another interception. Darian dazed and confused and limps out of there. The fans rushed the field. It was Bedlam and it's, it's St. Joe coach Joe Delvecchia. He, he couldn't believe it. Nobody could believe it. And uh, and there you go. St. Joe's with, with the weeks and the years. First big victory right out of gate, uh, turning everything upside down. And, and just uh, I, I wouldn't say it's an amazing game, but it was certainly a uh, it was certainly a wild result. Yeah, definitely a wild result, wild game. Um, I was only there because you were going to be running late. So I was like, I'll go down. Because I, you know, I live close by. I'll go right. down, shoot a little Pete bit. I were like Sean debating whether who, who should go peak and you take care of this. Pete's like, yeah, oh, you're supposed to go. <laughs> uh, man. And then uh, I just stayed and hung and it just it kept you look up at the clock. You're like, it's halftime. Ah, zero, zero, still in the third. Huh? Zero, zero, still in the fourth. And uh, then I was like, well, I'm not leaving because, uh, you know, anything was going to happen at that point point and uh i mean just a wild i would call it a great game but uh just an awesome awesome story uh a game that you're going to look back on years down the road and be like hey remember that game like that was something pretty crazy <laughs> i told uh hutch after the game whose brother also had a great game for colgate that same day uh as we were watching people are sending me uh you know his brother's highlights and uh so he said, I saw him after the game. I, I, it was the best called shot I'd seen in a high school football game since maybe Nick Pellegrino in Notre Dame Fairfield a good, what, 17 years ago now, which is just <laughs> mind boggling, uh, you know, and it was just he was a legendary status. I don't know how good the St. Joseph uh, team is, you know, but certainly a big win for them. You know, they, they had been just like a lot of kids in the, in the Shelton Fairfield prep and St. Joseph uh, crux there because of what happened during the uh, during last spring with this, the, the just tragic, just awful. I can't even bring myself to describe the death of the James McGrath, the Fairfield prep lacrosse and football player. And, um, you know, and obviously the kid uh, who is charged with his murder is from St. Joseph. And it did a lot of things to St. Joseph. A lot of people got the hell like heck out of there. Uh, and uh, even Hutch even said after the game, you know, a lot of kids left. Every time he turned around, someone was leaving school or, or said, you know, I've had enough of this. And I don't necessarily blame them for leaving. Uh, it, it was not a really good scene. And uh, but I did get the sense that St. Joseph felt like everyone was kind of coming down on them a little too much. Um, you know, they were hurting, too. It was one of their their kid, kids who were in their community. And a lot of them were friends of Fairfield. Pre I mean, as much as we kind of get a little bit of rivalry going here, um, you know, and that might have contributed to what happened. I don't really know. I, I, I don't want to speak about all that stuff. It, it's just horrific. But I think a lot of people were just ever been rightly angry and emotions have been running high. And, and Hutchinson just said after this, he knows that he knows a lot of Fairfield prep kids. He's friends with a lot of Fairfield prep kids. He's met uh, he'd met uh, Jimmy. Uh, several times and uh you know he just said it was a terrible thing here here he is talking about it and you know and and what it meant to to not just that but like a whole new cast of characters coming in for saint joe and now you gotta win again here he is talking a little bit about that i mean just i mean that, that's a tragic thing that happened um you know i i knew jimmy a few times i met him a few times i have a bunch of friends from that school um it's just a tragedy uh you you can't even i mean i can't even speak about it i just get tears you know it's terrible for everyone I think St. Joe's uh, was just overlooked about, like, no one really, like, cared about how we felt. I feel like, you know, we struggled as a team, too, uh, mentally. Like, in school, people were crying everywhere. It was just a struggle. And then once everyone was leaving, leaving, another day, another people left. I mean, it, it, I didn't even know who was on my team anymore. 
And then once we really knew who the numbers are and who was on our team, I mean, it's a, it's a brotherhood that none of us could even imagine. I never imagined the brotherhood that I had. And with all these people celebrating right here, I love everyone here. You know, St. Joe's came together as a school, and it's just a family here. And even St. Joseph coach Joe Del Vecchia was talking a little about it. You know, a lot of kids, a little happy day for everybody. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of grief over the past four in, in change months. And uh, it was good for uh, for them. You know, and listen, we we all got to kind of move on and, and do our own thing here. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, you know, for them, for the kids on the team and for a kid like Hutchinson, uh, you know, we were certainly happy uh, they were able to get a big win there. But, uh, you know, as far as uh, Darian is concerned, they come in number two and uh, they leave <laughs> number unranked. It was the first time, Pete. That uh, as the poll drops just a few hours ago here, we're recording this on a Monday. Darian leaves the field. They are now unranked for the first time since Thanksgiving for the week before Thanksgiving 2013. They uh, beat New Canaan that year on Thanksgiving, if I, if I recall. And then they uh, then they were in the top 10. They went to the state final. New Canaan beat them. But ever since then, they won three state titles in a row. Then they won a fourth in six years. Uh, so, uh, Darianne, uh, it's been a long, long time. And one of the big questions coming into the year, Pete, was is would how Darianne and Mike Forget, you know, they had an all-time team that was custom-made to win the state championship. How are they going to, you know, perform with a whole new cast of characters here? And right now, they're off to kind of a rocky start. Yeah, I, I'm actually surprised that they did fall out. Um, knowing how the history of the poll has gone, being a number two team, losing to a team like St. Joe's, you know, a, a program with that pedigree. I thought they would still stay in, um, but they fell out. And uh, I think that's the right move. Uh, watching that team on Saturday, they're not one of the best. The team that played on the field on Saturday is not a top 10 team in the state. And uh, they have a lot of work to do. I'm pretty confident this is not going to be the last time we're going to hear about Darian football this year, uh, but they do have a lot of work to do to get back. And I mean, I think they can do it. I don't think, you know, I don't think anyone's counting out Darian saying that, oh, Darian's not going to be in the mix for a playoff spot this year. I think, I think we all think they will be, but um, Saturday was not a good day for them. No, it was a tough day for Darian, you know, it's be shut out, uh, no less by St. Joseph, a St. Joseph team like. As we mentioned, you know, there was a lot of turnover, kids dropping out of the team, kids leaving school. Uh, the gloom and doom uh, you could hear from everyone you visited during the preseason. I don't know what St. Joe's got. I don't know if they're going to be any good. There's a lot of turmoil gone on, gone on over there. We don't really know. And uh, that was all that the guys I would all talk to at games all throughout the preseason. That was kind of the so I didn't vote no, Jane Joseph never uh, in the poll at all. And, uh, you know, the. Again, I walked out there. Neither team was playing very, very well, and it took a, a Herculean effort by uh, Hutchinson, and then all the guys kind of rallied around them. They played very well defensively, but, you know, lots of things they got to figure out there at St. Joseph as well. But as far as, you know, as that goes, you know, Darian, that, if St. Joseph isn't going to be, you know, normal St. Joseph, what's Darian going to be? They got to get their act together and quick. Uh, speaking of that, here is the top 10 poll. Number one is Greenwich. 22 votes. Uh, they got five more from uh, this week, past week. They defeated Newtown 34-14. They stay the number one team in the state. 
Number two is New Canaan, which defeated Xavier 31 to nothing. And a pretty surprising result, uh, you know, considering some of the injuries that New Canaan had. Number three, Shelton, after a 55 to 14 obliteration of Ridgefield at Finn Stadium. Like, what? Uh, that was an eye-opening win. Uh, number four, Killingly, still with a first-place vote. They got it all the way to number four for number six. They open up with a 48-0 victory over Montville. Uh, number five is Maloney, the defending Class L champs, starting their season off with a pretty thorough 48-13 victory. Uh, kind of a wild one, too, but a 48-13 victory over East Hartford, in which they scored... All sorts of touchdowns without even really doing much on offense. Um, then there's number six, Fairfield Prep. You know, kind of a... They start off the season three, lose to Beeland Jesuit Prep of Florida, Miami, Florida, in a kind of a... Seemed like an ugly game. I don't know. I haven't really watched it. Or Defensive Slugfest, 15 to 14. Uh, and uh, they are still undefeated in state, so no worries there. It's like it's like hockey, as Mike Fornabow pointed out in the poll. It's like <laughs> hockey season. Number seven, Southington. You watch them defeat Newington, thirty-five, fourteen. You know, huh. Lincoln Cardello. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Had a game one and zero. Southington off to a great start. Number eight, Trumbull. You know, talk about great starts, but crazy finishes. Trumbull one and zero. They're number eight. They move up a spot from number nine after. A seesaw battle with Massick, 49 to 43. Again, they almost, they're up 20 points, almost lost. We'll get to that in a second, but they came back and win. Good job for the, for the, uh, for the Eagles. Number nine, a surprising St. Joseph kind of taking Darien's spot a, a little bit here. They actually get a first place vote, which is baffling to me for the guy who watched the game. But hey, you know what? You knock off number two, someone's going to uh, give you a little bit of a bump there. Uh, 14 nothing over Darien. Then finally, Ansonia. Speaking of teams that have been missing for the top 10, uh, I, I, they might have been in there a few times last year, but uh, they dropped off very quickly. They certainly wasn't in the last one. Ansonia back in the top 10 after a 60 to nothing victory over Derby. Pete, your thoughts on the top 10? I mean, like I said, say, I, I don't have a huge problem with St. Joseph going in there. I don't really know. Them getting a first place vote's a little strange. Killingly moving up to number four. Um, you said you thought you, you liked Shelton, uh, uh, you know, possibly I, being number one. I considered moving Shelton to my number one spot. I did vote for Greenwich week one, so I stuck with the Cardinals, moved Shelton up to number two. I'm impressed. Uh, Scott Erickson was at the game for us, and I spoke to Scott on Saturday, and he was really impressed with how dominant from start to finish Shelton was. We talked about um, we know they're going to play good defense. We know they're going to run the ball, but they can throw the ball now. Kinnick can throw the ball. He's taken his game to another level. That just adds another layer uh, to the Shelton team that makes them really dangerous. Um, I considered it. I didn't do it, um, but I thought uh, I moved Shelton up to two. I, I like them. I, I think you play defense, you can run the ball and make some timely passing. You're going to win. And um, I, I'm happy Shelton got moved up to three. I had them higher than eight where they were last week in my original poll. So they're getting a little love. You know, the, the first couple of weeks is always hard. Um, you know, you look at a team like Maloney, uh, didn't really need to. I think they only ran like 22 offensive plays on Friday against East Hartford. So like, yeah, they're one and zero. Yeah, they won Class L last year. Um, but are they here because of how they played against East Hartford, or are they five because they won a title last year? Um, you know, prep. It's kind of hard to tell about prep. We don't really know a lot about Baylin Jesuit. 
uh, prep other than the fact that Fidel Castro went there when the yeah. school was in Cuba. That uh, is that's another that's another Mike Fornobio note. No one else in the world could have found that out except for Mike Fornobio. He is just the absolute An best. Old Jesuit school that was in Cuba. Castro went there, and then when Castro took over the communists, he got rid of them. Yeah, they're not really big on religion, so they they kicked them out. They set up shop in Miami, so like yeah. a lot of expatriates. So just just wild, uh, but we don't really know that much about them no. to really kind there of one in one going in. Yeah, to kind of justify where prep was in that game. Um, I am really, I was super impressed with Southington. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more later, but I had them higher than seven. Uh, I think they're good. Uh, Trumbull, I had way higher than eight. Um, and because of that, that Trumbull game, I have Massic. I have Massic in my Masik ballot. Um, I was really impressed. I heard a lot of good things about Massic from that game. So I had them high. I had St. Joe's and Darien low. I still gave them votes uh, because I'm having a hard time filling out a ballot of 15, um, you know, this early. So I still gave them a little love, but they neither of them were in my top 10. Um, and then rounding it out is Ansonia. I had Ansonia on my ballot. I think they're good. I saw them on Thursday, but I didn't think it was enough for me to put them in my top 10. So... What did we learn from week one, Pete? I mean, we 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 try we we go into the season. We look at the the, the previews that we wrote all, all about, and then by the end <laughs> by the end of the week one, at least we're all sitting there looking at our previews and being like, "Wait a minute, where was this guy in the preview?" Oh, don't get me started on <laughs> Rowan Johnston. We'll talk Rowan, about the Trumple game. Yeah, but... well, 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 I mean, let's try to. Take a look at some of these. There are teams that we thought were going to be pretty good who actually turned out pretty good. There are teams that uh, who we thought were going to be good that turned out to lay eggs. And week one, uh, a few teams that come to mind are, you know, North Brantford was kind of got talked up a little bit. They lose 13 to seven to Valley Regional on the road. That's a that's a tough loss there for uh, for North Brantford. But again, uh, you know, it's just fascinating that they were they were all the seniors they had back in Valley Regional were like Valley hasn't proven anything yet. Sure enough, Valley comes right out of the top of the gate and has a big victory. But let's just recap our entire week here. Uh, you know, we started off Thursday night with a bunch of games. Pete, you went to Ansonia versus Derby. Derby back on the gridiron for the first time as a varsity unit after forfeiting the uh, the the last five games of the season. You know, this one was all Ansonia all the time. Yeah, it was the takeaway. It was awesome to see Derby back out there. It was awesome to see bodies. Uh, I was talking to the athletic director for a little bit. Like they had to order new equipment because they had more guys, right? They had more players than they thought that they would. So that was really nice. But Ansonia's Ansonia. And and this was a game. I understand why they played it this early in the season. Uh, they didn't get to play the game last year. But, you know, you come out, you're back, and you're playing Ansonia. I mean, it's a tough task for anyone. I, I will say this about it. Ansonia looks really good. Uh, but we only got to see their starters for the first quarter. Yeah, you know it was twenty-eight nothing when the starters came out of the game. Um, yes, it was a sixty-nothing finish, and there were some people who took exception to that on on our social media platforms in responses. But like, their backups were in. Like, it's still Ansonia. So like, you know, there was no running up the score. There was none of that. Um, Ansonia is just a better team, and I'm looking forward to seeing Ansonia play first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, but, you know, David Cassetti's a baller. Uh, you know, the mayor's son. 
uh, which I think we should just refer to him the rest of the season. Uh, he's really, really talented. Preston, who I'm not going to try and pronounce his last name. Nina. And yeah, he uh, he's a he's a man. I mean, he is a big, big boy. He's caught the first touchdown of the game. Um, he's he's a nightmare for any defense. Uh, Derby or any team in the NBL is going to have a problem with him. And uh, Comiskey threw some really good balls for them. Uh, he's definitely taken a step forward from last year. So I, I like Ansonia. I'm just excited to see what they're going to do the next week and the week after. Yeah, they got and, Woodland and this like week. That. They got Woodland yeah. this week. And uh, Joe Leto, the big opening uh, win for uh, for Woodland. But uh, Woodland and Sonia, and then it's going to be going to be a little bit of a smooth sailing for a little bit for a little while. But big game in the NVL. Yeah, two couple of big games in the NVL. Seymour Nogtuck being the other one. Um, you know, I went Thursday night. I went all, all the way up to stores. Uh, not you because went to a Syrac- UConn game. Yeah, not because Syracuse was playing UConn. Go Orange on the next day uh, on the following Saturday. But uh, good to see the Orange come in there and wipe the floor with the uh, the Huskies. That was fun. Um, I saw a lot of the. I didn't get to go, but I got to see. You know, I saw Kyle McIntosh, uh, the, f- the former Cheshire great up there who played at Syracuse when I was there. Uh, you know, showing off some photos. A shout out to Kyle McIntosh. But I was up at stores. I hate with in my in my car with all my Syracuse stickers on it. And uh, I was not there to see Syracuse. I wore it was there to check out Wyndham, the Whippets, who I'd heard a lot of good things about, uh, a lot of good senior leadership. Um, they were very excited to get their preview in, and they were making sure we have it. And so why not? They were playing EO Smith, you know, a team that's they hadn't played, and they used to be rivals, and that was kind of like the, 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 uh, the casualty of all this realignment that we have going on here. That's a game, just speaking of games that need to be played, that needs to be played every year. Like, you don't get closer rivals than that. They're mere 12 miles apart or whatever it is. And uh, so there was, there was Wyndham coming up there. And it was a good game early, a really good game. You know, Wyndham uh, showing a lot early. Victor Mayhaw with three touchdowns in the first quarter. Alo- I'm sorry, in the first half alone. But uh, EO Smith right there, 21 to 14. And then there was a moment there where uh, on a kickoff return, someone throws a, a, a punch or someone hits somebody. And next thing you know, both both benches nearly cleared. Uh, but uh, a lot of uh, pushing and shoving going on. Referees and the coaches quickly got control of that situation. It could have been ugly. Two guys tossed from either team. But every emotion's kind of settling down. It had been, what, since 2008 since these teams last played. They all wow. know each other. It's one of those deals. They all know each other. They grew up playing youth together or against each other and if you're going to transfer somebody you usually go to Wyndham or EO because of some relative you know that's the way it was explained to me so uh, I'm not shocked in that regard so once that thing settled down the uh the whip it's up 21 14 at halftime and then we're able to just blast off in the second half you have two pick sixes and then you had a uh Mayha scoring on this great run over the, over the top kind of sweeping on the outside and uh a really big win for them, 56 to 14. Will Whippets looking pretty good there, so look out for them in Class Double S. And here are some of the post games. They're, they know that they're going to be a pretty good team. Yeah, we just went crazy. Travis got a pick, pick six, that turned us up, and then we just started scoring after that one. Look at the score, 56. We just turned up. We have we have a lot of seniors. Um, they we lost. Jaden Villafane was our only starter we lost last year, and he was injured half the season. So, um, you know, these are the same guys we had last year. The hard, the hardship is it's the same guys playing offense that play defense. I'd love to see this rivalry keep going. You know, they're backyard friends. 
heck, half of the, the people are related on the, on the teams. You know, that we've sent one of the young men to go to, down and shake his uncle's hand. Um, so I'd like to keep the rivalry going. Then on Friday, we had our cho- choice. It was, the, it was the mother load. You had all the alliance games. It was like 50, something like 52, 50, depending on what it was. You had a, you had a one game, the the uh, Bridgeport Central game versus uh, Bullard Havens getting postponed because of social media threats. Guys, let's not do that, please. Let's keep things kind of civil, please. <laughs> Jeez. But uh, we had about 50 some some odd games on Friday night. We had our pick of the letter. I went to see Greenwich play Newtown number one. And Pete, you were over to see your guys from Southington to see what they had from your other guys of Newington. How'd that turn out? It was a weird game. Um, It was ugly. Uh, Both coaches will say that it was ugly. A lot of penalties, a lot of mistakes. It was like they were kind of trying to to feel them out, feel each other out. But uh, once it got going, man, Southington is good. You know, and look, we're going to talk about Lincoln Cardillo all season. I mean, he is a a star running back. He is a bulldozer, a wrecking ball. And then when he gets past that, like, second line of defense, he'll outrun anybody. Um, But, man, the Blue Knights defense was awesome, was just locked down. And, you know, it's crazy. Mike Drury was saying after the game, like, I'm a defensive guy. Like, I've always been a defensive guy. Uh, so, you know, and they, when people think of Southington, they think of the high flying, throwing yeah. the, you know, the air raid, the offense and everything. But, you know, Mike is a defensive guy and he takes a lot of pride in his team's defense. And they shut down what is a very good Newington offense. And, you know, Patty Brown threw 30 touchdowns last year. They held him four. Oh, is it 16 for 41 passing? And um, they, you know, held Josiah Ross, one of the best playmakers in the CCC. They limited him all day. They did not let him get going. Um, just really, really impressed by Southington and uh, Lincoln Cardillo is a dude. You're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna hear his name often. I also I, I had to thank him uh, after the game. I was like, thank you, Lincoln. And he's like, why? And I was like, well, I was the one who put you on 25 to watch. So thank you for making me look very good. Um, also, and Hutchinson too. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good with, good my, two, with my guys on there. Um, but yeah, no, Southington's legit. Um, I was I was impressed. I, I, Newington is going to get better. You know, it's, they were in CCC tier two last year, right? So now they're in CCC tier one. So every week it's going to be Maloney, Southington, you know, games like that. And uh, they're going to have to adjust. But, you know, Jason does a great job up there. And uh, they're going to definitely going to make some adjustments to get the ball in Ross's hands and get Patty going early in games. I'm sure they would love to have Austin, Austin with a Y, how back. But yeah. unfortunately, you know, not not quite. But uh, yeah, a little bit of a wake up call there, I think, for uh, for for Newington early. Um, you know, speaking of about wake up calls, you know, Greenwich kind of had one a little bit against Newtown. Number one, they go in there with the banner, the number one banner. I don't know if they really wanted it, but they got it, and they went to Balloon Gold Stadium. Beautiful night, you know, it's, uh, the the sun setting over the the crowd. Beautiful crowd, the student section out in force up at uh, the Balloon Gold Stadium. And but it, you know, Greenwich made us all look pretty good early. I didn't vote for him. I voted Darianne. Number one, we saw how that went. But everyone else, you had 17 first place votes. Everyone kind of cast their lot with the Cardinals. Came out like gangbusters. They had the two Jacks. You had the quarterback Jack Wilson, and uh, the other kid is Jack. How do you pronounce his? How do you pronounce his name? Uh, Con- 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 Conansburg. Con- Jack Conansburg and Jack Wilson uh, running the show there, scoring two touchdowns early. They had a nice kickoff. To, to start the game, to set up the first score. But then Newtown kind of got itself figured out. 
they uh they have a, they have a nice defense this year. They got himself Mark Sook, the linebacker, number five. He's a captain, and uh, he was making starting to make some plays. Starting to make they started making Greenwich work for it. Finally, Newtown's offense got its act together. You had JJ Haddock. Remember his name? He catches his big pass over the middle to set up his own touchdown. Another touchdown, about twenty-eight yard touchdown catch from Dylan Magazoo. And then next thing you know, it's fourteen to eight, Greenwich. And then Newtown got the ball back with a chance to take the lead. But Newtown had a couple big runs, got past midfield, but then they had a few penalties, kind of knocked them back, and they went into halftime down 14-8. to Well, Charlie Dixon catches the deep pass from Jack Wilson to get things going for Greenwich in the second half, and they finally got the wheels moving again. And let me tell you who was really good, Pete. Griffin Galetta. Remember that name? Oh, yeah. He's a junior, I believe he's a linebacker or an end, one of those rush, one of those rushing ends. And uh, he was all over the place uh, on this night, leading a Greenwich defense. He had two and a half sacks, according to them. I had him for three, but I guess he was in on a second one. And, uh, you know, once Newtown had that sniff in that second half, they never really had a really good shot at the end zone again until the game was well out of reach. And Greenwich finally turning on the Jets. He had a few more touchdowns by the two Jacks. And, uh, you know, a great defensive performance. And, uh, you know, it was it was one of those games, Pete. They all came out of it like, yeah, we're glad to win, but we got to get a lot better than that. Lots of penalties, a few personal fouls, you know, uh, lots of cramping. A lot of that was going on. It's a lot of week one jitters, right, to, to start this game. But Greenwich wins 34-14. Away they go. They get Ridgefield next. And, uh, you know, and Ridgefield, reeling Ridgefield, by the way. Uh, as we mentioned at the top. Um, so I thought that was a good win, a good start for Greenwich uh, to, to the season. Yeah. I, when you get the number one, you know, you wrote about it uh, this weekend, but when you get number one at the beginning of the year and you're not that you're not expected to be number one, but like if you win a state title the year before and you're bringing back your quarterback and you're running back and a couple of key defensive players, like you kind of assume you're going to be number yeah. one. Yeah. You right. Agree. But like this year was kind of a big question. Who is it going to be? Are we going to give it to Darianne? Are we going to, you know, is it going to be Greenwich? Is it going to be Shelton? Right? Is it going to be New Canaan? Right? But Greenwich got the votes. Greenwich is number one. And now all of a sudden, that target, everyone's looking at you saying, here we come. So, yeah, they might have stumbled a little bit in that game early on. But, you know, I think they're going to be fine. I think this is a solid team top to bottom. Uh, I loved Anthony Morello's, you know, news, newsboy cap. I have one. Yeah, I was gonna. I, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna crack it. I think I'm gonna take it out and wear it uh, when I go to a Greenwich game this year, you know, to show unity because that's a cool hat. Not many people can pull that hat off. Well, he looked like he was gonna sell newspapers. <laughs> we could get him. He could come work extra, for us. Extra. Yeah, he'd come work for us. But he said the he said the 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 neon orange, orange, but neon orange shirt. What or red? I guess it's neon, so it looks orange slash red. He said that was in honor of Johnny Football. Johnny Marinelli, who, uh, you know, somehow worked lime green into Greenwich's gear, which I still. I, yeah, they're they're on my pants. <laughs> lime it's green. That was uh, it's the yo. beak. It's the neon yellow green for the beak of the Greenwich Cardinal. Yeah, <laughs> I never got that. But uh, that was in honor of Johnny football's team. And he's up at UConn now. Uh, and, uh, you know, so that was what that was. So, again, Good start for Greenwich. They get Ridgefield in there, and, and I don't know. Maybe they, they'll keep them grounded. But if I'm Greenwich, I'm looking at that Ridgefield score in Shelton. I am licking my chops right about now. Uh, that was a really tough, tough performance. Let's quickly talk, 
talk a little bit about that Shelton game. I mean, let's put it this way. John DeCamps had a pickoff of Justin Keller basically on the first drive. And just a few plays later, 65 yards, touchdown from Michael Kinnick, and off they went. That was the first of five, five, one, two, three, four, five interceptions for Shelton on the night and the first of eight touchdowns. I'm not even going to begin to pronounce his name. Uh, David DeJolico had three rushing. Was that Kanye Tenney or Kane Tenney? Kane Tenney was, uh, was Kenny's tid, kid. Kenny Tenney, if you, for you Ansonia fans out there. He caught a TD pass. He had Ricky Fioli taking a touchdown back for a kickoff back for a touchdown. It was just an utter dismantling, Pete. Uh, and uh, and here's DeCamps talking about just getting off the races, making a big statement uh, for Shelton. Hey, you picked off that pass down there like two minutes later. You're standing in the yeah. end zone. What's that five minutes like? Play? I don't know. We've been we've been practicing it all week. I've been excited for it. I read the play perfectly. I saw the out coming and I just jumped it. And it was from there. How hyped were you guys for I this was, game tonight? We were hyped. We were hyped. We've been, we've been waiting for this game for a long time. Long time. I mean, this you guys are the number eight team in the state. Do you, you want to make a statement here today? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 55 to 14. My goodness, Pete. Yeah, that's uh, that is a statement win, uh, for Shelton early this year. Now we have we look, we've seen them do it. We've seen them do it in past years, and then they come out flat. So they need to keep this going. Um, but I think they do have the pieces to make double L. Right, Shelton's in double L this year, right? Yeah. I no, think they're, they're gonna make they're an L. It's gonna be tough. Yeah. Never mind. I think <clears throat> I think Shelton's got the pieces to uh. Not crash the party. I think we all expected them to be at the party in Class L, but I think they can do some serious damage. I like the Gales a lot. I, I'm in. I'm you know Kool Aid for week two, Shelton. I'm drinking it. I'm drinking it. <laughs> well, week two they get Daniel Hand coming to town, uh, and again we don't know much about Hand. They're now in M. They're not in L. Shelton's in L, and you know Double L is all kind of wide open. You have Greenwich sitting in there, but let's not forget this for, as far as Shelton and, and L go. Darian suddenly not looking like I expect to see Darian maybe show up, but uh, not at this rate. I mean, but I expect him to show up. But that's L's looking a little shakier than than perhaps we uh, thought it would be. But uh, hand coming into town now, a little bit of an SEC rivalry here. You know, teams that know each other a little bit more. I expect, and I don't, you know, and hand dismantled East Lime uh, in a game that we thought that they would win pretty big. But I expect hand coming here you know, and put up a much bigger fight than Ridgefield did. Yeah, this is a rivalry game. I mean, this is an SEC rivalry game, right? This is the two, you know, premier programs, right, in the SEC going at it, even though they're not like regionally rivals, right? One's in the Valley, one's on the shoreline, right? You know, but whenever these two teams meet, it's always a great game. It's always hard fought. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing Hand and, uh, you know, the new guys they had. You know, they had to replace... A lot of teams replace a lot of guys in this state, and I totally understand that. But you look at Hand last year, Patch Flanagan's second-team All-State for us. Uh, Seth Switzer, first-team All-State for us. Ethan O'Brien, second-team All-State for us. Those are three gigantic pieces to the puzzle for a Hand team last year that was, a what, a blocked extra point or a blocked field goal away from potentially going to the semifinals a year ago. So I'm really excited to see what Hand's got. Uh, I know they had a big game, Klein, the quarterback, had a really good game uh, running to get three rushing touchdowns. So this is, you know, might not be that high flying, slinging the ball around the field hand team, but they're going to run it. They're going to be tough. 
And uh, let's see, you know, Shelton's coming off a high. So let's see if they can keep that going or, you know, or they're going to lay down. Like, I, I don't know what's going to happen, but either way, I think it's going to be an excellent game. Just up the road from Shelton uh, on Friday night, we had Trumbull, you know, a team that everyone was talking about or they weren't talking about. We had a lot of guys with a lot of faith in the Eagles this uh, this year. And why not? Because they got all these seniors back. They got a, they're one of the probably one of the better quarterbacks in the region, if not the state at Hunter Gosti and Ben Carley and, you know, a lot of different guys. But uh... yeah, apparently we were we were talking too much about Hunter and Ben, according to the <laughs> Trumbull football team on Saturday, according to Hunter and Ben that we talk too much about themselves. Right. Um, I just, Who, I'm stunned by this. <laughs> Who is Rowan Johnson? I don't know. Who I don't know. Guy? I don't know who Rowan Johnston is. I'm hoping to find out this week. I am. Uh, I, listen, I know coaches have coaches have kind of got us figured out. I know how to give it. If I think my team's good, I'll say so. But I need to hide something from these previews. And I guys just give it to me straight here. Maybe they're holding. It. I don't know what Mars is doing here, but Rowan Johnson, my friends. I mean, this kid. I don't even think Massick knew anything about it. I guess that's the whole point. You know, you want to hold your car. Yeah, hold your guard as close to your vest. This kid went off. The junior rushed for 186 yards and six touchdowns and caught six passes for 130 yards and another touchdown. That's seven touchdowns, including the winner with seconds left to lift Trumbull to a game. They were up 20 points. Down 27-7 at halftime. Your boy, Dylan Jackson, don't call it a comeback. He's been here for years, literally. Remember, he took Massick back from 28 down to beat New Fairfield last year in an amazing game. Well, now he's a senior and on cue, he starts firing touchdown passes all over the field. The first to Jason Champagne, then to his new sophomore stud twins, the Walkers, Shane, number 11, and Gavin, number 12 in your program. Gavin Walker's 25-yard touchdown run down the right side puts Massick ahead for the first time 35-34, but Johnson back again with Trumbull, again up the with his sixth touchdown on this short run. The two-point conversion makes it 42-35. Trumbull with 4.44 remaining. Massing right back, and this Jackson lob to Sugar Shane pulls Massing within 43-42 with 26 seconds left. And, well, you think Christie's kicking this? Nuh-uh. And Gavin Walker punches it in. Massick takes the 43 to 42 lead. Game over, right? No. Trumbull gets it back at midfield, and then your boy Agosti. Bing to Johnston right sideline. Bam to Johnson down to the three at the pylon, and boom. Johnson takes it in with three ticks left. My goodness. Trumbull wins 49 to 43. What a crazy game. And here's Mars and Rowan Johnston. I mean, these, these kids have no quitting. This is a senior-laden team, and they showed tonight how important it is to be a senior and what it means to be a Trumbull Eagle. I mean, I'm just so proud of my kids. Just you're running back there, all seven touchdowns. That's kind of He had all seven, correct? He did. Yeah, I mean, that's he ridiculous. It's it just amazing. You know, we, we knew we had a good one for a long time. You know, he was hurt last year. And, uh, I mean, Rowan Johnson, he, you know, he just... He's just phenomenal. I mean, just phenomenal. Man, it's crazy. I was just hoping. It was so back and forth. I was just hoping for the win. I just want to go home and sleep, honestly. 
So you missed time last year, or did you miss all of the season? I miss, I missed most of the season. I missed six weeks. Okay, what do you feel comfortable saying the injury? Or? Oh yeah, I broke I broke my wrist. Okay, gotcha. I broke my wrist week two. Okay, and you know now you're back here and you started off the season with seven. I mean, what does that mean? Do you be able to work back? Oh my god, it means a lot. I put in so much work and hard effort and everything. Every my whole life has been devoted to these moments like this. I mean, it's such a great feeling. These teams had never played before. We looked at it. We got told by Jack. Jack, uh, it's Marcy's assistant, Jack McFarlane. Oh, we played them back in the... No, 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 no. They've never played before. Two teams, talk about teams that are close rivals and should be playing. This game, they got to figure out a way to play. This is where yeah. you're going to be like, they got to figure out how to play this game. Never played, and yet they are so close. Um, let's get. Let, let's go. I want a new league. I want Shelton in it and, and Nasik <laughs> and Newtown. Let's go. Uh, 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 just a crazy result. Pete, your thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, this says a lot about Trumbull, right? Trumbull won their one and they're in the top 10 poll. Uh, we, you know, we spoke about, we spoke, we've spoken, <clears throat> we've talked about Agassi and Carly. Johnston is an added wrinkle. Uh, I saw the offensive linemen. Uh, they were at the St. Joe's game. They're big boys. Uh, yeah, I was all, kidding everybody with them. and their grandmothers at the same show game. Though. Yeah, but we were, we were talking to the to the Trumbull kids and uh, their offensive linemen were like uh, one of them like chirped up and he's like, I don't know if Roan would have done it without us. I was like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. I heard the offensive line soft, uh, which I don't think they really liked. I was kidding, but um, they're big boys. They're big boys at Trumbull. And I think everyone saw Trumbull won this and this, right? Massic. Now, yes, they're 0-1. But whoa, we need to keep. And we had talked about it. We wrote the previews. Dylan Jackson, right? Shane and Gavin Walker, the twins. They have a a good mix of seniors, juniors, and sophomores on this team. Um, but man, they got St. Joe's. I think week three. Yeah, I mean that is watch. Keep they got an Notre eye Dame on Fairfield. Classic. Yeah, so Notre Dame Fairfield first. Notre Dame Fairfield, which is still coming on its way back from Stonington, by the way, whipped up on Stonington. And uh, and all of a sudden, Massac, New Norname, Fairfield, uh, an SWC game no one's ever thought about for 17 years. But the last time Norname Fairfield beat him, I was there. It was uh, 48 to, or 49 to 21 or something ridiculous. Nikki Pellegrino went off that day. The best called shot until because he said he was going to beat Massac. Best called shot until this Saturday with Hutchinson. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just uh, stirring the echoes up, as it were. This yeah, I, I'm just intrigued by Massic, and I think that they're a team that we definitely need to keep an eye on because I think they're going to be really good. I think they were good last year. Right? They got to the L semifinals, but, man, I think this team is legit. What were some other teams out there uh, or performances out there, uh, Pete, that you uh, you know kind of stuck out in your mind? Oh, the kid up at Bunnell. Bunnell, Bunnell beats Amity. Big, big, big win for Ty Jenkins and the Bulldogs. And uh, let me get his. I got, oof, oof, this is, it's not a, I got to make sure I pronounce this name right. But Michael Trovolari, running back for Bunnell, had 408 yards of total oof. offense for Bunnell against Amity. He, he rushed for 358, three touchdowns. He caught two more touchdown passes. Total 50 yards, over 400 yards of total offense for him in what was a big win for Bunnell. Yeah, pretty big one. Uh, you know, not a lot of people, uh, you know, we haven't heard a lot from Bunnell in the last year. It was kind of an emotional game. I mean, this is obviously the guy that won them two state championships 
and, uh, you know, trying to rebuild something there at my alma mater, Amity. And, uh, you know, that's a great job of coming out 400 yards. It's no joke. Um, but uh, that, that was an interesting one. I, you know, I thought another interesting one was Windsor. You know, our number five ranked team falling out. We didn't really talk about much of that. I don't know a lot about that game, to be completely honest with you. I do know that Sleet rolled the dice late, went for two, just like Christy did in the massive game, although he didn't get it. And they lose by a point to Weathersfield, be 21 to 20. They lose by a point to Weathersfield. And uh, in a game, I kind of sit out in Twitter like, why not take a shot here if you're, you know, if you're fleet, you know, maybe, I don't know what the situation of the game was. It may have had a lot to do with that. But, uh, you know, even if it wasn't, I mean, th- why not take a shot? You're in double M. You know, you guys have plenty of chances to kind of get yourself into a playoff position. You know, you win this and you have pretty much almost sealed it. Maybe not quite, but, you know, you're not quite behind the eight ball now. That's a big thing now, Pete. Teams can kind of take a little bit more risk. Now, whether that's good, is it bad, a little artificial, I don't know. But depending on what class you're in, you make a calculation, and you'll see this as we go through. Play calls will be made based on whether they can win a game or, you know, maybe even just, uh, you know, maybe or, you know, maybe they'll make a, a, a big-time decision. They wouldn't take a, so much of a big risk. In years past, because one loss would kill you. Now, two, three, maybe even four losses won't exactly kill your hopes. So that's going to be something really interesting to wow. look out for. So a lot of there's more room for error this year. And uh, I mean, I remember sitting on this podcast a couple of years ago. I think New Canaan started 0-2. And, and we were like, are they going to miss the playoffs? Yeah. Oops. And they won eight in a row to get in. Yeah. Now you lose two in a row to start. You could you yeah. win seven of your last eight and you probably might have a home game. Yeah, not the end of the world, you know, and that's maybe for a lot of coaches, it's a little less, you know, I don't have to like, you know, worry so much and a little less sleepless nights. And maybe that's the whole point. Maybe that's why they all want six divisions, a little less sleepless, sleepless nights, you know? All right, that's fine. I had no problem with that in in that (laughs) regard. But uh, so that was an interesting game. Um, How about the one over at uh, West Haven? There's a team we talked about let's get into some of the mea culpas here everybody and their grandmother we were all on the Notre Dame West Haven bandwagon they're going to the playoffs look at this Picotas playing you put them on the cover you know you got uh, you got Lewis and you know you have these guys and uh and West Haven they're all wondering what well what were we drinking <laughs> West Haven comes out fire up uh, they just had a great game all overall. You had one of the Conlon brothers, the sophomore quarterback, throwing dimes across the field. You know, lots of big rushes. Defense really did the job here for West Haven. You had a pickoff that led to a touchdown. A couple, you know, fourth and fourth downs that they stopped Notre Dame on deep in their own end to preserve a, what was it, 20 to 8, 25 to 8 victory. Yep. A really thorough one to win their what their fourth or fifth Solomon Bowl in the last five or six five years. years. Yeah. Yeah. It is their second straight, but they've only lost once over five years or so. And, uh, you know, I got a lot of, I got a lot of grief from guys who are like, what are you drinking over there? I'm like, Hey, I saw them play pretty well against Ridgefield. Well, Ridgefield got beat up by Shelton. So that shows you how much uh, preseason scrimmages go. You know, I thought her name looked good. You know, men, they might be, we mentioned it last week, Pete, that, you know, again, Four losses, five losses, probably might put them in because they're in the SEC and they play in Division One. So, you know, uh, not the end of the world for Notre Dame, but uh, wow, West yeah. Haven, uh, keep an eye out. You know, they're playing SEC Division Two schedule, but keep an eye out. You know, they got Rich, Richie Boche, their head coach, another bout of cancer. 
Um, you know, and Tom Unger's been handling a lot of the duties there. But, uh, you know, they're kind of playing for coach a little bit. And, you know, you know they, they kind of feel like the, no one's really talking about them, West I Yeah, good for West Haven. Uh, this is, you know, obviously a program that's trying to work back up to the program that they've been in the past. And, been a few uh, years. You know, yeah, and, you know, I know they beat Notre Dame last year in this game. Uh, but starting a season with a win like this can, I mean, I'm sure practice on Monday was hyped. You know, I'm sure they are just feeding off of what happened on Friday. And yes, what happened on Friday is not going to affect what happens, you know, in week two. But, you know, for a team, for chemistry, for morale, I mean, opening up at the season with such a dominating performance against, a, a you know, a big rival. I mean, whew, I'm sure practice today was a lot of fun at uh, at Strong Stadium. Yeah, I'm sure it was equally as fun over there at Notre Dame, uh, where the, they got to start. <laughs> uh, they got to start kind of looking at what what uh, they need to do to improve because you know things could fall apart real quickly. They can't let this one linger, but uh, they certainly have the talent. Uh, but West Haven took it to them early. It wasn't even close. It was 18 nothing uh, in the first half there, and uh, you know. Notre Dame did not score until it was 25 nothing before he knew it. And then Notre Dame just could not score against that defense. So something to look out for there and uh, for West Haven. Um, you know, anything else? Oh, how about your guy out there in New London, Pete? You know, let the uh, adventure the adventure begins. Danny Shaven. My dude. <laughs> oh, my, my dude. If I was able to take a look at the huddle highlights, man. And he looked just like his older brother. Maybe even he's big, dude. He's like twice brother's size, older brother's size. And he was ripping. Those the help of some pretty. They are, they grown pretty big over there in Reading, but some big old linemen, some big dudes over there. He was outstanding. There was one run. I gotta show it here. One run where he just ripped through everybody, and they just could not bring him down. I mean, reminiscent of Jack Shaben's run through Newtown, where he carried the entire Newtown team on his back, including Julian Dunn in 2013. Reminiscent of that. I cannot wait to see him live. Barlow with the big 39 to, to what was it, 14 or whatever it was. Uh, uh, against 12. 12, sorry. Yeah. 39 12 to, to New London. And that team, I thought New London was going to be pretty decent, but they went out there and took care of business, man. Woo. Yeah, it's nice to see. Uh, you know, look, you come in with some hype and, you know, the success he had last year as a junior um, to come out and, and put a nice statement out in the first game is nice. I watched some of that film as well that you sent me. I mean, he, he is just the biggest and fastest person on the field. And that is very hard to defend. <laughs> I mean, it's that simple. Danny Shabes also causing all sorts of havoc at defensive end, which I didn't even know he played. That shows you what I know. But uh, yeah, like I said, I cannot wait to see him live. Uh, it's going to happen. Barlow's got Stratford this weekend at 7 o'clock on Friday night. Another game that kind of popped out was uh, Brantford going out to Waterford and, you know, beating them up 42 to 20. Now, that result really is not uh, not really that surprising. But what is surprising is how Brantford did it. You know, very early in the game, Nate Chifa, one of their best players, if not the best player, he goes down. But they got another guy there, Pete. Nate Florida comes flying back and just does all the work for the Hornets, who went to the playoffs last year. And, uh, you know, a lot of people thinking that they're going to make another run there with uh, with uh, Coach Malmone and crew after their big uh, big season last year. And that was that's a big, big opening night. Yeah, I, you know, we obviously we talked Chifo up. Uh, he had a great year last year, you know, but Coach Lamone, a uh, friend of the program, and I know he's a listener, uh, he goes to the school of thought of Nick Saban. 
And he's everything is under wraps, right? He doesn't want anything to get out there. So I'm not surprised we didn't know who Nate Florio was uh, heading into this, that he's, you know, such a big-time player. But uh, word's out on him now. Yeah. No hiding him now, John. Yeah, no hiding now. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> hope, hope, hope it was worth it. <laughs> I'm sure it was. They got yeah. a nice big oh, yeah. win, and now he's got two running backs. Uh, you know, hopefully Nate Chifo can uh, – yeah, I don't think the, the plan field. was for Nate to get hurt, though. I don't think. Yeah, was- um, but I think that he's got two dynamite running backs that uh, makes the Hornets pretty, pretty dangerous. But you know, I'm not like you know saying they're going to win a state title or anything like that. I've learned my lesson. So, Pete, that's about uh, the some of the bigger games and bigger results from the from week one. And there are a few others we obviously missed a little. There was just been so much and we're still learning a lot about what happened. And uh, um, I mean, it's already it's time to start looking ahead to week two and seeing what we got up there. It's kind of a lighter week. It's not really as big. It's not an alliance week. Uh, a lot of more of a league games. But, uh, you know, what are some of the games we've been looking out, uh, out for uh, this coming weekend? You know, we, we mentioned Hand and Shell, and I think that was definitely a big one. Massac Notre Dame uh, at Campus Field at Sacred Heart under the lights. Um, and then, you know, there's one on Thursday that I think I'm going to make the trip for. Uh, Rockville at SMSA, my Tiger Hawks. Uh, big win against Granby Canton to start the year. Uh, Rockville with a win in their, uh, you know, coming off the championship championship game run they made a year ago i think this is a really good pequot matchup so i'm gonna head up to hartford i'm gonna i'm gonna check them out um see if smsa is legit for real and uh or if rockville is still the king of the pequot another interesting game pete is in the ecc when killingly number four now takes on big bad nfa which lost its first game got beat up a little bit by a wilton team uh you know, there are lots of guys they lost Wilton and Wilton was able to go in there. Like, I mean, did, is Grant Masterson still playing? Did I miss that? Yeah, that was a good win for Coach Denunzio and the boys going all the way up to NFA and winning very convincingly with a ton of new faces. Yeah, but now they got a face. Now NFA's reward now that, well, reward for losing. They got a face killingly team that's, you know, on the war path. Soren Reef doing his thing and those guys, uh, you know, those have been pretty good games over the last few years. I'll be interesting to see what if I mean, you would think Killingly might be able to wipe the floor with them this time, but who knows? Yeah, we talked a little bit about the NVL games. Obviously, Seymour Naugatuck is a big one. Naugatuck beating Gilbert Northwestern Housatonic just 21 to 6. Yeah, it was a little it was a little uh, kind of an eyebrow raiser. Uh, Jet Hall got injured in that game for the Greyhounds. Uh, I don't know if his timetable, if he's going to be back or not. Um, you know, Seymour, Caden Drissick threw for a school record, tied the school record with six touchdown passes on Saturday against St. Paul. You know, Woodland Ansonia, we we already talked about it at the top of the show, is an intriguing matchup. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of interesting games. There's nothing that really kind of jumps out. You know, North Haven, Notre Dame is another one, right? We're hearing a lot of good things out of North Haven. Yeah, is Notre Dame going to be able sorry, to back North- up? North Haven wiped the floor with Simsbury Pete. So yeah, you're not wrong there. Yeah. So there, there's a couple that stand out, but uh, you know, I think we're still learning. I think we're still learning what is, you know, going on with some of these teams. Staples St. Joe's on Saturday now becomes like a must go to, uh, you know, on Saturday, uh, you know, St. Joe's for real Are the hogs for real, or, or are we going to take, are we going to see Staples get a big win under their belt? Is that going to be one of the games on the picks Pete? It's got to be right. Uh, I believe so. 
We didn't talk about new Fairfield Sheen, by the way, um, which, you know, did not live up to the hype. No, it didn't. Not like last year, but new Fairfield just obliterating team for us in that first game. Yeah. And that quarterback looks pretty good. Justin McCormick was he 14 of 17 threw for two touchdowns, scored three more on the ground with 163 rushing yards. When I did my 10 quarterbacks returning to watch this year, I got a couple of messages, people being like, yeah, you miss McCormick. I was like, I know who he is. Maybe I did miss him though. Cause this was a great performance in the opening week. So shout out Justin. And congratulations. New Fairfield. For uh, you know, a few more wins, you're class. You'll cla- you'll 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 qualify for class S. So no. congratulations on that. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's not a great great week, but uh, we'll talk all about what the big games to watch are uh, in the picks in a little bit. Uh, you'll we'll catch that a little later on in a week. But you know, it was a uh, it was an intriguing week one, Pete, and uh, lots. There's a lot we didn't even get to here, um, but there's just so much going on. Well, we're gonna bring a, we're gonna bring guests back. Didn't really have a chance to do that. We got athletes of the week now where we're going up. We got to, you know, be sure to keep an eye on that. You know, make sure you vote for your favorite, uh, your your favorite performance from your favorite players from your favorite school all across the state every week in Game Time CT. Pete's pick section. I mean, we got a lot going on and, you know, it's just kind of a bit of a bit of a whirlwind. And, uh, you know, from stores to all the way to Newtown and all the way back down here, all back to St. Joseph, it's I'm tired, man. I'm really tired, but uh, you know, things are, it's good to have football back. Yeah, it is. It's just, it's nice to be out on the sidelines. It just needs to get a little cooler. Uh, Saturday, I wore pants to St. Joe's and these cool, so like these cool, like uh, they're like joggers, but they're like kind of nicer looking joggers. And uh, I had to roll them up because I was like sweating the entire time. Scott Erickson tweeted out a picture and said I looked like I was wearing capris. So. <laughs> Well, get a little bolder. I wore pants too. Yeah, I'm already. I've already bought my flannels, and I'm ready to to get the fall underway. I want to wear a beanie. Want to wear a beanie? Enough of this. Although I do, I do enjoy Pete the the sunset or the twilight uh, at football games this time of year. I probably get another week, maybe two of it, where you're 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 the game kicks off at six or seven. And you see that red sun coming down, and the, you have the silhouette. You can look at it. If yeah, you go to, yeah. If I, it I, stays I, like this, you want to see a red sunset? I'll take my hat off. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, I love this time of year, and uh, again, I'm glad to have football back. And we're only just scratching the surface here. We're trying to get to as much stuff as possible, and it's been you know kind of tough. So uh, hopefully, things will calm down a bit once we finally get into the season here. We get next week on our belt. You know, we'll be back to normal here, but. Uh, so that's uh, pretty much our podcast for this week. Uh, don't forget, like we said, the picks are coming up. And, uh, you know, everyone, I swear to God, Pete, listens to those more than they've listened to this. Now, so now, you now. Are, you are usurping <laughs> the meat Got to listen to both. Well, the pickums aren't going out till Thursday now. Yeah, so now you have so to listen. We got to two full days of the meat grinder. So that'll wrap it up for this week, Pete. Thanks for everyone else joining us on the meat grinder on Game Time CT. See you next time. <laughs> I love you all. <laughs> <laughs>